podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Christmas and welcome to today's episode of 49ers Unrestricted. Daniel and I are coming to you live from Boxing Day, Sunday, December 26th, after the afternoon NFL games wrapped up. Here to break down the 49ers Thursday night game against the Tennessee Titans and talk a little bit about what some of the games that went down today mean for the 49ers going forward. Daniel, how are you doing this evening? I'm so good, but I've got to say you really threw me off with the Boxing Day comment. I had not thought about that at all until you made that comment. Yeah. I don't know what Boxing Day is, but to (laughs) any of our friends across the pond, happy Boxing Day. Thanks for tuning in. Whatever whatever the day is, we're glad. We're hoping you enjoy it and glad we at least know about it. So, yeah, maybe Boxing Day will go better than the the Niners game did. So, they've got that going for them. Yeah, a a disappointing – uh, borderline crushing loss. The 49ers are coming off of to the Tennessee Titans on Thursday night on uh, on Christmas Eve Eve or Christmas Adam, as some people like to call it. Adam comes before Eve. But anyway, uh, disappointing, borderline crushing loss to the Tennessee Titans. Um, complete meltdown of third down defense. A.J. Brown coming off of injury and just being bigger and stronger and faster than everyone else just does not feel fair. Um, yeah, this was a I'm not gonna lie. This was a rough one. Um, you guys have been listening to us. We've been kind of rounding on this team, seeing this team as a team that has really come together, found an identity. And we we're feeling good going into Thursday night. And personally, I'm not feeling as good as good coming out of it. So Daniel, you want to walk us through just kind of kind of the events leading up to and what what happened to the 49ers on Thursday night? Yes, I do want to talk about that. But first, you made a comment about A.J. Brown and how big he is and how good he is. And I, I just thought he is pretty big, especially when we're out there with uh, him against any corners. And I thought we talk all day long about how big and strong D.K. Metcalf is. And I was thinking, well, why doesn't A.J. Brown get any of that credit or for his size? Or do we talk about that? They're just about the same weight, I believe, but AJ Brown was only six foot and DK Metcalf is six, four. So you know they were teammates in college. That. I did not. Yeah. That's you didn't know that incredible. DK Metcalf and AJ Brown played together at Ole Miss. They came out of the draft the same year. I can't even, I cannot imagine what it would have been like playing that team. You've got one guy who's six feet tall and just big and strong as heck. Look over. You got a six foot four guy who's faster bigger and stronger. I mean, the two of them, and they were the two best receivers in that draft or two of the best receivers in that yeah, draft yeah. too. Just an, an incredible, an incredible duo at, at Ole Miss that year. I, I uh, listeners, I've talked a little bit that I don't watch a ton of college football. I'm slowly, but surely getting into it each year after year, maybe next year I'll be fully into it. Um, but I knew AJ Brown came from Ole Miss. I had no idea DK did. I could not have told you. Yeah, yeah, much. they played together. They played together. But yeah, I agree. They're they're that's kind of the comparison of like the big giant super tough strong receiver is, totally. is AJ Brown. And I did not know that. I would have thought AJ Brown was similar uh, much closer to DK Metcalf's height than he was. Four inches is quite the measurement. And and when I'm thinking how close they are, four inches really shocked me. Yeah, I and when I think about how much bigger AJ Brown looked than all like of our corners and safeties, that's just that's odd to me. 
seriously, maybe he still grew. So, okay, let me let me set the tone for you. That is the verbiage I really like to use as we get into talking about the game. So the week leading up, this from what the reports that I read, from my personal opinion, from the the betting percentages, this was the Niners game because Derrick Henry has been out for weeks. It's been said he might be back for the last week of the playoffs and then playoffs. Yeah, um, so definitely another out. week or two. Yeah, there was really no question he was going to be out for this game. Uh, AJ Brown has been on, on IR for four to five weeks. Yeah, and... so you expect AJ Brown coming back, if at all, to be at least somewhat limited? I but... expected him to be out until about Wednesday. I heard inklings of maybe he'll, he'll come off and play some. And I was thinking, okay, if I'm hearing this the day before, he's probably not going to come off and he won't play. And then I hear Thursday morning, he's going to play. And I, they didn't even say limited. We just assume he's going to be limited. He's yeah. had a chest injury for, I want to say it was close to four to five weeks. He was past his, his uh, required time to be on injury reserve. Julio Jones injured his hamstring the Sunday before. So on a That's very cool. quick rest, playing from Sunday to Thursday, same week, different football week, but same week yeah. on a calendar, I assumed he'd be out knowing Julio. Well, that was not the correct narrative. A.J. Brown and Julio Jones both suited up, and A.J. Brown was far from limited. He went off, and he it was a historic game for him, and not one we were expecting whatsoever. Yeah, that was just an incredible, an incredible game. And like you said, you don't you don't expect to see it off of injury. A.J. Brown has proven he's one of the NFL's best NFL's best young receivers, but you do not expect to see that kind of ultimate record-breaking game. Um, I don't know if it was a record-breaking game, but it felt like it coming off of an injury. You want to know something crazy though about AJ Brown's incredible? We're talking about how incredible AJ Brown was on Thursday, right? This insane amount of receiving yards, all of that. Do you know who had more receiving yards than AJ Brown in that game? Debo no, Samuel. Did he Debo really? Samuel had more receiving yards in that game than AJ Brown did. So we're sitting here talking about how incredible and amazing AJ Brown was. And that's, that's true. He was amazing. And it felt like every, every pivotal moment of that game for the Titans, AJ Brown had had the ball. Absolutely. In his hands. But Absolutely. I'm just confirming this right now. If you look at receiving yards, Debo Samuel had 159 receiving yards, AJ Brown, 145. And Debo only did that on 11 on nine receptions on 11 targets compared to AJ Brown's 11 receptions for 16 targets. So Debo actually statistically probably had a better game than AJ Brown, but we think about the story and the narrative of that game. That was the AJ Brown game and nothing else. And I just, I think that's funny to think about. Timmy, I am shook right now. Um, I, I, I looked at the stats. I saw that and I, I guess I didn't mentally compare them to AJ Brown. But I also think a bigger factor of it is that Debo has had such a monumental season with games like this every other week. Yeah, we're, we're just numb to it, it. And I just, I'm numb. I just go, oh yeah, classic Debo game. Like 11 it's targets, like, oh, yeah. 9 receptions, 159 yards. Debo like, got 159 classic. yards. Like, yeah, that's just a Thursday. You know, that's Can't Debo. believe he just didn't get a touchdown, you know? Yeah, and so I, that's what's, what's funny is that statistically AJ Brown wasn't even the best receiver on the field, but he was the best receiver on the field. I mean, that was just an incredible performance from both Debo 
and AJ Brown. Um, to continue with what you were saying, going into the game, we felt good because we thought AJ Brown was out. And because going in, it seemed that the Titans offensive line was just going to be completely decimated. They were starting a rookie at left tackle. And I think a rookie at one of the guard spots and, um, and definitely not one of their starters at the other right tackle. So they had three of their starting offensive linemen out with COVID, I believe. Turned, and so, you know, Nick Bosa, the 49ers defensive line is going to feast. And they they did get after Tannehill a decent amount, but not in the way, not in the way we thought. And, you know, some of that was basically Bosa said after the game that every single play, they just had a tight end lineup on whatever side he was on and help block him. But I still, did notice that. yeah, we expected the 49ers defensive line to just clobber a depleted a depleted Titans O-line and they, they really did it. So this game was really a disappointment of expectations, both in uh, both ways. We expected AJ Brown to not be hundred percent and he was 150 and we expected the Titans O-line to, to be terrible. And they, you know, they gutted it out and they, they made the blocks they needed to make and they limited, they limited us a lot more than, than we would have thought. And so those were two things that going in, we really expected to have an advantage on and we didn't. And so that was, that was kind of a bummer on, on game day. Yeah, we came out, man, it's just, I think this was how the Niners looked in the first part of the season, and they just resorted back to it, where they come out firing. They look good for the most part, for at least the first drive. I want to say on the first drive, there was not a single negative or zero-yard gain, or play, I mean. Every single play, we gained some sort of yardage. No incomplete passes, no negative or zero uh rushing yeah. attempts or passing plays and i mean that's awesome we rolled not having we rolled we looked so good and it was the classic niners small plays chipping away at the defense getting in there getting a first touchdown building the and drive off set, the run game absolutely and that set the tone in my mind and in my heart for what the game was going to look like and i'm like this is how the niners need to come out every week this is what's awesome and it dwindled as the half went on but they still looked pretty sharp all half except for Jimmy's first interception in the end zone on, I believe their second drive. Yeah. Um, and that was, was when, awesome. that was when it started to turn. And I mean, I, I don't love Jimmy's Jimmy's take on that after the game, Jimmy said, you know, I had Kittle open and I'm always going to, I'm always going to take that shot. If I have George one-on-one and it's like, well, if you're, it's going to result in you just throwing it to the defender, then, then maybe don't take that shot. Like, yes, George Kittle is probably the best tight end in the NFL, but that, that doesn't mean he can do anything. And so I don't love that Jimmy's reaction was, well, I had George one-on-one. And so I took it. It's like, well, but you threw a pick. Like, so something went wrong. Like that was not the right thing to do. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not thrilled with Jimmy, both Jimmy's both his on the field performance and his really some of his comments he made after the game. I'm not thrilled with either. I agree with that. Cause if you look at, if you look at that play, it, it, I mean, sure, it's one-on-one, but with guys like arm's length a few feet away, that was a crowded area. If we're talking one-on-one with like five, 10 yards room, sure, I get that comment. I get that mindset. I still think 100% going to take that every time. It's like, okay, one-on-one, what if he's actually blocked well? What if uh, the defender got in front of him? You know, like, yeah. yes, he's tall. Yes, he can jump, but Still, I, I just think that's a, a crappy excuse. That's a weak decision. Uh, you watch if the that's, play. that's a weak decision making process. If that's actually his decision making decision making process. I wonder how he was feeling after the game, and if he was just like, "I want to be done with this press conference. I'm going to say what I need to leave." And I yeah. get it. When when players have a tough game, I I sometimes think it's ridiculous that they're fine if they don't talk to the media. 
especially after like playoff games, Super Bowl losses. Sure. You know, 2019 when I watched the post game interviews with the Niners after they lost, it's like that was brutal, dude. I just want to. I'm a fan, and I just want to go sit in a room and cry. Like I can't imagine how these guys feel being yeah, out there and, I, and being devastated losing. What I think is tough is we we have I think rightfully praised Jimmy a lot of the time for this season for how he's handled things with the media and how he's answered questions and how he's taken responsibility and just we we've really been happy. I've been really impressed by how he's handled that. I was not impressed with a lot of the comments he made on, on Thursday night. And I thought it was a little bit of a lack of accountability. And we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to maybe the other interception and a couple other things that he was asked about. And I'm just, yeah, normally, you know, credit where credit is due. Jimmy has been great with the media this season. And I did not let, but you know, I did not like some of the comments he made on Thursday night. And I especially did not, did not like his play. As, as said earlier, but yeah, that first pick was really, really felt like it was going to, uh, felt like the turning point, even though, you know, originally I was like, well, we just absolutely demolished them again to get here. We threw a pick, like, seems like we're still controlling this game. Like we can just do that again. But looking back, that was definitely a key turning point in the game for the Titans. Yeah. So we talked about the tone coming into the game. Perfect opening drive. We looked really sharp. We chipped away at a really good defense. Titans do have a really good defense. Our defense came out hot. Fred Warner made an awesome play. Yeah. Uh, Nick Bosa first play was an eight-yard Nick Bosa tackle. Yeah. Samson Ebukum had an early sack. We forced a punt on their first drive, and then we get we get the ball back. Jimmy didn't look horrible, but as we said, he made significant mistakes where his positive plays did not outweigh the negative plays, and we really see that in the second half. Um, but before we got there, I, I believe it was in the first half that Jimmy overthrew Kyle Juszczyk yep. on what would have been a touchdown play. Wide open fullback. taxes and Jimmy Garoppolo line. overthrowing wide open receivers for the deep ball. And, you know, I made a comment to Jimmy before we recorded that Kyle was like backpedaling, stumbling for it. But the ball was out of bounds. It didn't matter. And yeah, it's just and a I- classic what could have been. And I told Daniel, you know, Jimmy managed to throw the ball to the one spot where it was impossible to catch him. Yuschik was was so wide open. There was probably no one within 20 20 yards of him on any direction. Jimmy throws it beyond him. He can at least dive for it and get to it that way because there's no defender. He throws it more inside. He can go to it. There's no defender. He throws it behind him. Also no defender. Jimmy Garoppolo manages to throw it over his head and out of bounds so that there was just no chance he made a play on it. I... That might have been worse than the Kittle overthrow in the Super Bowl. And the thing is, or the the Emmanuel Sanders overthrow in the Super Bowl. And the thing is, is that Jimmy has done this year after year after year. This is who he is. And we've known that. He is not great at hitting the deep ball. And it was just painfully obvious on that particular throw. He had so much time. It was ridiculous. He had a wide, wide open receiver. And he still managed to just to just completely whiff. And that was, that to me was probably worse than both interceptions. Definitely worse than the first interception just to, to completely whiff on that. I, yeah. And that, that, you know, that's why we're going to be moving on from Jimmy eventually It's because he, that, and we've seen him again and again, prove that he cannot make clutch deep throws. He just can't. Yeah. So what I've, I've told myself is that the, yeah, 15 minutes and a quarter, right? Half hour each half. I've told myself that the first 29 minutes was all Niners. And we look in, let's go to the, the end of the first half. We got one minute, 20 seconds remaining. We have a 10 point lead. We're on our own 10 yard line. And if you watch the tone of the offense, when they take the first snap, if you watch that whole drive, 
They are slow. There's no hurry up offense. Usually when you have a minute and 20 seconds left in the half, no matter the score, you're trying to tack on at the very minimum a field goal before you head in for halftime. One scoring right before yeah, halftime continues to put the momentum in your direction, obviously puts you up more points at halftime. Yeah. And points are good. Points are good. And however you get them is good. But this is the thing is that we had no, what we call hurry up offense where you have a minute, 20 seconds. So you got to want it. We probably had all three timeouts left, maybe two, Yeah, but you've got some leeway. you got a minute and 20 seconds, which doesn't sound like a lot of time, but for guys like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, they're like, Oh, that's plenty of time to win the game. We're just talking in the first half, trying yeah. to get a field goal before going in into uh, the locker room at the uh, end of the first quarter. Yeah. First and I, I think, me. I think what's craziest about this is Kyle Shannon was asked about that after the game, about why they weren't more aggressive on that final drive in the first half. And he basically said, I was worried we'd turn the ball over. He essentially said something. It's not a direct quote, but something to the effect of like, I didn't want to give them an opportunity no, to get the ball back. I believe that's a direct quote. Essentially. He said, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I didn't want it to be a turnover is what I have written down. Maybe that's paraphrased, yeah. but he, and I mean, that- he really that's huge. And people on Twitter are freaking out. Like Kyle Shanahan doesn't, doesn't trust to get Jimmy Garoppolo. Like this just shows he doesn't trust him to not turn the ball over all that. And I think like, yeah, it does show that. But my other thought is, is that really that big of a deal? Like we've known that Kyle Shanahan doesn't trust Jimmy Garoppolo basically the entire time that he, they've been coach and quarterback together. And definitely since the 49ers took Trey Lance this spring, I mean, that confirms it when you take another quarterback, that's like, well, I guess you don't trust this guy to fully, fully run your offense. And so like, yeah, it does show that, but I'm not sure that that really reveals that much. Like we kind of knew that to some extent, but it's still, it's still another, you know, it's another one of Jimmy's limitations that his coach doesn't trust him in that situation. Yeah. So to your point, I don't think we like, this isn't, this isn't new news. No, we should like, we're aware of this. We know this, maybe it's a a bold reminder. And we were like, Oh, it really is still that way. Even with how Jimmy has been playing lately. Yes. Because we know who Jimmy is. Jimmy's not going to, I don't want to limit. Honestly, I feel pretty confident saying like, Jimmy's not going to get that much better. I think that his play will fluctuate from in and out. So like the earlier part of the season to now the last few weeks, taking this last week out of the equation, he went from not looking sharp to looking sharp. I don't think that's him getting much better. I think that's him refining some of his skills, which you could argue is him getting better, but he's just looking more sharp is what I would call it rather than like, Oh, he's getting better. And maybe today was just regression to the mean. He had three or four good games. Now it's time for a bad one. And we've sure. we've talked about this all, all season. And it's really, I think, the important trend of the season is that Kyle Shanahan has realized that he needs a quarterback who can transcend his system and turn that system into something more. And that is what yeah. Trey Lance hopefully will ultimately do is go beyond this system and make it more what it looks like with Matthew Stafford running it in Los Angeles and Aaron Rodgers running it in Green Bay with these quarterbacks who, who yes, can run this system and take advantage of the opportunities this system creates, but go beyond that. And we've known for a while that Jimmy Garoppolo can take advantage of the opportunities the system creates, but that he can't go beyond it. And that, 
That is why we ultimately, the 49ers have drafted Trey Lance, but it's a game like tonight when Jimmy can't even execute the system that it's like, okay, why, why are we keeping this guy? Like maybe we should just throw a rookie out there and get him more touches. So, I mean, listeners, you know that earlier in the season, I was like, get Trey Lance out there. Like it doesn't even matter. We're not winning a Super Bowl. get him reps. Jimmy silenced that part of me for a long time by playing really well for the middle of the season. Now I'm kind of like, well, we're still in the playoffs. So we've got to keep trying to get the most we can out of this season. And Jimmy probably is that, even though rumors are that Trey Lance is dicing up the 49ers defense in, in practices, which is, is great to hear. But and now I'm kind of back to thinking, well, like maybe we should get the, get the kids some snaps since it doesn't really seem like this is going to, this is going anywhere unless Jimmy can, can polish up those mistakes. But at the same time, the 49ers have gone to a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback. So yeah. he's not that, that big. Yeah. The window for Trey Lance coming in has closed this I season. Agree. I agree. I will say. Barring injury to Jimmy. Of course. Yeah. That's or if week 18 doesn't mean anything for playoff seating, then we probably see, then we probably see Trey. Sure. And that's a good point. Let's just make this a disclaimer. Anytime we say we're not seeing Trey Lance, yada, yada, anyone, we're talking unless they get injured. We just yeah. need to say that every time that's you fair. guys, you get it. But um, that is a good point. If we, if we're eliminated, which I don't believe we will be week 18 um, before week 18, I mean, um, then sure, maybe Trey gets a game because if, if playoffs are, are already gone, um, big. Do the Saints play tonight or tomorrow? I want to say tonight. I believe I the know. Saints play tomorrow night. And yeah, that's we a need big. The Saints to lose. We need the Saints to lose. The Vi- yeah, we can we can talk about this a little. The Vikings lost to the Rams today, which 49ers fans, I know it's hard to hear the Rams winning being a good thing, but that's actually great for the 49ers playoff seating. The, the Vikings is. were another team contending. The Cardinals lost yesterday, also great for the 49ers. Niners playoffs hopes. So yeah, things are going well for the 49ers. If they just win, if we win next week, we pretty much have a playoff spot and we're at a situation where I believe we control our own destiny. We just have to win the next two weeks to lock up a wild card spot. So most likely to those of you thinking that, let me just say to those of you thinking that next week playing the Texans is going to be an easy win. The Texans beat the chargers today. Yeah. So I just want that to sink in and go, you know, we've said every game of the season, these are professional football teams. Every week is different. You cannot go into a single game, no matter who it is, thinking you've won because you will lose. But even more so, the Texans have beat an awesome Chargers team. Now, they did. They were. The Chargers were without Austin Eckler and Mike Williams. Yeah. Lots of COVID. Lots of COVID, two of their biggest weapons. I think Mike Williams had a better season than than Keenan Allen, I would like to say Keenan Allen is probably still the number one guy, but Mike Williams has really showed up this year. But yeah, as we look ahead, before we move on too far, I want to make one conclusion about our Jimmy Garoppolo talk. Yeah, I have a couple more points. I have one more point I'd like to make about Jimmy as well. My conclusion is that I'm more bothered with what Jimmy D, which Jimmy D, Jimmy G cannot do than what he does poorly. Yeah. I'm more bothered with what Jimmy G cannot do than what he does poorly. I would not be surprised. I actually, I will say I expect a Jimmy one Jimmy Garoppolo interception every game. Yeah. I expect that I'm, I prepare myself for that. And the first one, the first interception in the end zone, you know, in the end zone, right after a good drive, such a bummer, poorly timed. Uh, as we already we could have come back from that being, though. Uh, that did not, that exactly. did not seal the game in any way. Yeah. Exactly. And when it's in the first half and it's like that, Hey, 
We got halftime to talk about it. We got a second half to fix it and to make up for it. So I was not, game was not over. We were still up 10-0. I was not that bummed. It was kind of like, okay, Jimmy, he got out of a system. It's what you hope to believe, but not always what we see. So yeah. I'm more bothered with what he cannot do. And we, you talked about this a second ago in terms of our system. He fits our system and he does well with our system. But if there was an ounce of change in our system or expectation of him, bummer, gone. Like he's not going to fit that. And so th- the same point you made, that's why we're excited for Trey Lance is because he can take our system to not only the next level, like Trey will make our system better. He will expand it. There will Hopefully. be more opportunity. Yeah. That's the well, hope. His, his style of play. Exactly. Least, exactly. Will, mm-hmm. Yeah. So this isn't me commenting as much about his skill, but his style of play will absolutely expand our scheme and yeah. take it to the next level if he is what we think he is and what what we hear he is and say to be. So I relate this to um Timmy, I don't remember or I don't I don't remember. I don't know if you watched the Colts Cardinals game on Christmas. I did. Great game. Great game. It really was. That was a good that was the second game of the day. Yes. Uh, yeah. Packers, Browns yeah, it was first. the it was the evening game. Yeah. It's much better. The announcers towards the end of the game, actually at the end of the game, when Carson Wentz made, he dodged a tackle, he rolled out left, threw across his body, and found Mike. It wasn't Pittman. It was like their fourth receiver. Oh, you mean the one that I thought was Pittman and got excited for my fantasy team, and then his name was actually Patmon? Yeah, I'm pretty mad about that. It looks. I was like, yes, Pittman got a touchdown. It was not Pittman. It was not. Yeah, close. But that play beautiful play and the announcers yeah. were talking about Carson singing his praises and I've I've been a Carson Wentz doubter for years I thought he was great in the Eagles I talked about it I've doubted him for injuries you know I think he's a great mid-level quarterback but there's still hope and potential for him and that play really showed it and what the announcers said afterwards really stuck with me of paraphrasing they said that the Colts are needing Carson Wentz not to be an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson where he's a star every game all game long yeah but they're saying we need him to be the clutch guy the end of the game guy where he gets it done the Colts obviously all season and is for a long for as long as they have Jonathan Taylor will depend on him to be their main guy on the offense yeah but what they need Carson Wentz to be able to do is to make those big plays in those moments to take them ahead or keep them in the game. Sure. That what they said about Carson Wentz, I would say that is exactly what the Niners have needed for Jimmy for the past few years. And obviously what we still and Jimmy is just need. not that. Yeah. I, I, I totally see. I was going to beg the question to you. Do you see him getting to that? No, I, I don't. And I think, I think we've known that Jimmy. And you know what? Jimmy for a long time has done what the 49ers have asked of him most of the time. Like I have enjoyed having Jimmy Garoppolo as our quarterback. He's been fine, but he's been good. Like he has taken this Niners team to heights and most of the time he has delivered when needed, but in that, those top, top clutch moments that separate a good team from a great team and a good quarterback from a great quarterback, he has consistently not delivered and consistently made, made bad decisions. I think, I think my, my final thought on Jimmy is the play that bothers me more than, than any other play on Thursday night's game. Isn't either pick. I did not like the second pick. It was a big miss on Debo, but big old duck as well. The way just a terrible throw. 
But the throw that the the play that makes me the most mad is the one with Ayuk, the fourth and six, and just a complete a complete miss on Ayuk. And when you hear Jimmy and Kyle Shanahan talking about the game, essentially what they said was, "Look, it was an option route. Ayuk had the option to settle into the zone or keep running. He chose to settle into the zone. Jimmy was going to keep running. And but at the same time, Jimmy could see him." I, I really feel like he could have put that ball on him. It's not like he was hidden. Like, yes, the play was developing fast. Yes, I do not have the, the ability to process something that quickly. But you are a professional quarterback. Like, you should be able to make that throw. And maybe I depends on some of it. But what bothers me the most is after the game, Jimmy said the same thing as Kyle Shanahan. He didn't say, like, yeah, like, my bad. I missed that. Instead, he said, yeah, you know, I thought he was going this way. He went this way. He didn't necessarily blame Ayuk, but he definitely did not – own up to that and really and i've i have really liked jimmy as a leader his entire time as the 49ers i thought he's been a really really good leader but he really dropped the ball on that one because that's one where you say at least to the media you say yeah i missed that like i thought he was going this way but he made the right call and settled down and i missed but to just say like oh it was a miscommunication like kind of passing the buck to and it could have been his fault like daniel and i were talking about this earlier that those kind of decision-making and route running decisions could totally be one of the major things that has bothered Shanahan about Ayuk this year. But I still think that as the quarterback, as the leader of the team, this guy, Brandon Ayuk is what, 22, 23. You're talking about a kid. I mean, I'm 23, so I'm a kid too, apparently, but you're talking about this young man who is, is still new at this, even though he's awesome. And you're lead, you as the leader really need to say like, yeah, that's on me. And instead he doesn't. So I'm bothered by the missed throw, but that Jimmy not fully owning up to that. I, and maybe I just took the context, the, the comments out of context. I really did just see it via Twitter. I'll own up on that, but that, that bothers me. And I just think, I think that throw and that reaction to it, that's what I'm like, okay, like, yeah, like he's not the guy and we've known that, but that kind of cemented it, cemented it to me. Cause if you are exactly like we were talking about one of the elite playmaking quarterbacks, you convert that fourth and six, you just do. Yeah, and I had a couple of thoughts as you were talking, but the the two ones that really stick with me is you said that Jimmy G has really done what the Niners have expected of him, and I agree with that. Yeah. But my question is, have the 49ers not expected enough of him? My thought is no. I think that they have, and maybe that's realistic. Maybe that, maybe that we're, as fans, wanting Jimmy G because the media made him out to be this, the next – legendary quarterback watching Tom Brady for a few years coming to the Niners being amazing because he was good with us for the first few first few games until he got hurt um, and he was making noise and he's looking good and so I think that there's just so much buildup to Jimmy G has to be the next Tom Brady and it's like okay he's not he's nowhere yeah. close but we've had this narrative his whole time with the Niners that he's supposed to be like the Niners savior who makes the offense complete he's Kirk Cousins not even. Yeah, I don't even think he is. But you know what I mean? Like, like we have, I think what you're saying is we have these, he came in with these expectations of being this elite quarterback. And it turns out the best he can be is just a game manager, get the ball out on time, run a good offensive system QB. Is that, yeah. is that kind of what you're saying? I can't think of a time off the top of my head where Jimmy G has really made, it has been what I just described. The announcers talking about Carson Wentz needing to be that end of game make a difference, make a break clutch guy. I'm like, sure. Jimmy might make a decent throw to, to Debo or Kittle, but they win the game. It's yeah, not his and throws. If you it's think not about... him escaping a sack 
Like, if you watch that play, Carson Wentz, he evaded a sack. He was rolling out to his left, threw across yeah, his body. That was an awesome play. Dined it to the Colts. I mean, that was exactly and, what you want from a quarterback. And the and thing Jimmy is, when I can't do that. When I think about these past four years with Jimmy as the 49ers quarterback, and that's weird to me that it's been four years, but I believe it has. Mm -hmm. When I think about Jimmy's time with the 49ers quarterback, and I think about like the, the biggest plays, the most exciting moments from Jimmy Garoppolo, from the Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan 49ers offensively. When I think about the game changing drives, the big moments, the games where somebody just took it over, it's one of two things, right? It's either an incredible rushing performance like Raheem Mostert against the Packers in the NFC championship, or it's a play where it was like a five yard slant and Debo or George Kittle just picked up in a ridiculous amount of yak. Like when I, when I think yards after the catch, when I think about iconic Jimmy Garoppolo 49ers moments, it's either him handing the ball off or him throwing a short pass that his receiver turns into something special. And I think that right there is defines the Jimmy Garoppolo 49ers era. And it's not his fault. Maybe we've asked too much of him, but he's not, he's not going to be more than that. And it's unfair of us to expect more than that. And now that Kyle Shanahan has decided that he wants a quarterback that can be more than that. That's why we have Trey Lance. Hopefully my final, my final thought and something to summarize our Jimmy G conversation. And then we can move on. I played football with some guys on Christmas Eve morning and I took some some reps at quarterback and I just did short passes to guys and they juked the guys out and got touchdowns. And I threw like five passes for four touchdowns within minutes. And I literally said to everyone, I bet you this is how Jimmy G feels. I'm just making my short passes. I'm hitting the spots and letting everyone else do the work for me. Yeah, and there's I, like, nothing wrong with a that. joke and then went home and thought about it and was like, no, that is exactly, and it's exactly what it is. So, yeah. and that's okay, but it's just, it's not, it, most of the time, it's not going to take you to a Super Bowl. And that is, that's the big thing. And that's, that's what Trey Lance comes in for. But last night was the first time, Thursday night was the first time this season where the 49ers lost because of Jimmy Garoppolo. We've lost games where Jimmy hasn't played well. We've lost games where Jimmy has played well. We've won games where Jimmy hasn't played well, and we've won games where he has played well. But Thursday night against the Titans was the first game this season where Jimmy Garoppolo was the reason we lost. Because if he doesn't throw those picks, and if he hits Ayuk, and if he hits Juszczyk on that deep ball, the 49ers win that game. So that was the first time where I've watched a game and been like, yeah, like Jimmy is the reason we lost. And that, that's really my part say, of not going away from this. I totally agree. I think he was 75% of it, maybe a little less just because we, we don't need to get into it uh, just because let's look ahead, but uh, because we all want to, but our yeah. defense kind of sucked. Our defense had some big miss opportunities as well. Yeah. I believe they we like, got to talk so about third downs. Uh, can we not? And just say we did because we our third to. downs have been a problem. Um, but this was, our, I mean, a complete season, meltdown. Our third downs on offense have been the problem all season. In the last few weeks, it has translated to defense where we cannot get a stop on third down. Yeah. Um, Fred Warner made an awesome play to start the game, and he disappeared. I love yeah. Fred Warner. He was he was nowhere to be found in this game. Like, sure, I think he led the team with five tackles, but he's the middle linebacker. I mean, he is expected to be the leading tackler every week in, week out. Um, yeah. I think he really let us down against – against the Titans. Um, Josh Norman kind of stunk. Um, again, it's, you know, we, we had four sacks. Um, Samson Ebicum had one and a half. 
Aziz Alshire had the other half for one of them. Jordan Willis had a sack, and I can't remember. Yeah. The, the G line played other. fairly well, I thought. But sometimes it's it's our B team D line, like yeah. Ebukum and Willis, and I guess Street and Jones. Jones are, had a like, nice had a nice game. They're more first team defense. <laughs> the problem is is that all these good plays were on first and second down. Yes, that's exactly and, what it was. And the problem is that AJ Brown ate Ambry Thomas's lunch. And so what, one of the things I wanted to note later on was that I saw reports of Thomas improving with playing time. And I love to see that, but that's yeah, great. Like, he's been how? playing. He's been playing better than he was two weeks ago. Like he actually had a couple of plays where he stopped AJ Brown. The problem was, Which, was that most of those plays, he did not stop AJ Brown. So it's nice to see him out there. It's nice to see him improving. Like, I'm not sure he's any worse than the alternative would have been, but at the same time, AJ Brown absolutely destroyed him. It, yeah, I mean, he's improving. AJ Brown is an animal. Don't expect him to shut him down whatsoever. I mean, yeah. if he did, he would, we wouldn't be. We couldn't have gotten my struggle. man some safety help. I, yeah, I don't really know what was going on with our safeties that game either. We, we also had a drop. Was it Tart who dropped? Was it Tart or Ward who dropped the pick from AJ Brown's pass? That, like, it would have been an incredible interception. Like, I don't blame him for dropping it, but it did touch his hands. Do you remember this? AJ Brown, trick play, rolls out to throw a pass, complete miss. And I think it was, I think it was Tart. Who's number three? It was number, I, in my head, Tart. it was number three. Tart. Yeah. So Tart lays out for this thing. I remember just touches the play. his hands. I can't don't know which one it was. Yeah. But either way, whichever one, great play. It would have been, it would have been nice to haul that thing in. That would have been a game changing kind of play. And I don't, I don't blame who, whichever one of them it was for dropping it. It would have been like an incredible play, but at the same time, it touched your, it touched your hands. So it's hard for me as a fan to like, not at least be bummed that he couldn't haul that thing in. So let's move on to next week, but yeah, we got to talk about one more thing. (laughs) Yes. Let us, let us use this as our uh, conjunction. John Lynch, like man was tweet. on his phone on Christmas Eve mass. Yeah, I don't know what's worse, John Lynch, what Tim and I think lying about <laughs> liking this tweet, or the the fact that his excuse that he was at Christmas yeah. mass with his so family. Just to to get everybody up to speed, John Lynch liked a tweet that was essentially something like the 49ers should just leave Jimmy Garoppolo in Nashville. So, you know, obviously saying like, it's time to move on from Jimmy. I don't disagree. I don't think we should leave him in Nashville. That would have been a little mean, but apparently John Lynch does because John Lynch liked this tweet. And then later that night, because the internet exploded because the 49ers general manager was saying that they should leave their starting quarterback in a different city. John Lynch went on Twitter and I'll just, I'll read it to you. I've got it. I've got it pulled up because we can't, we can't misquote this. Apparently while in Christmas Eve mass with my family, I accidentally and unknowingly liked a tweet, never intended to, and remain a huge believer in Jimmy. Merry Christmas to everyone. So I think two things, Daniel. That is an absolute lie. I don't believe that. I think something else happened to get this tweet. Like maybe like one of his kids was like, this would be funny. I'm going to like this tweet. Like, I don't know what happened, but I find it really hard to believe that he was scrolling on his phone at Christmas Eve mass and managed to like that tweet. Granted somebody did, it was tweeted at him. So maybe it popped up in his mentions. Maybe he just asked, first of all, don't check your mentions, John, come on. But somehow he managed to like this tweet. I don't buy it. I also don't think he's dumb enough to have liked it on purpose though. So I don't, I think something else happened 
But man, I just, that's a crappy excuse. And it's funny. I think this thing is just, is pretty funny. Like, I think John Lynch has been fairly happy with Jimmy. I think Kyle Shanahan has. Hopefully the two of them are on the same page. People are reading all this drama into it. I don't buy any of that. But at the same time, I really find John Lynch's excuse hard to believe. What do you think, Daniel? I find it very hard to believe. I agree. (laughs) My thought is John Lynch is 50 years old. Do we deem that old enough to not understand Twitter and maybe hit buttons? He doesn't know what they mean. Yeah, that's possible. And you know what? He's a, he's a football player. He's probably got like big fingers. Like it's probably easy to hit things unintentionally on your phone. He's probably a bigger guy. I don't know. I just assume he, uh, he, he certainly was. He, he is, yeah. you know, everyone after they retire slims down. But, you know, John Lynch expected that that night would be about John Lynch, a football life premiering on NFL Network. And that was just not the story. Amazing. But you're right. Not the story. Yeah, Um, it's just it's funny. I mean, it's a good time. John, if you ever want to come on the pod and explain yourself, we'd love to talk a bit about about Christmas Eve mass. Did anyone notice that you were on your phone? Did somebody get mad at you? (laughs) I have a lot of questions. Um, But but yeah, I think. I think even if last thought on it, we've spent too much time on it already. These are the things we don't need to spend a lot of time this is on. Thing. It's like really a non-story. It's just funny. It's fun. Um, I think that regardless of the truth or not, him liking it purposely, I think even if he liked it purposely, he should be lying about it. That is exactly what he needs to do with being the general manager that's not something you own up to, even if you did it on purpose. No, yeah, maybe aside, you do. Maybe not he's got a burner on purpose. I don't know, like, man. No I don't know. Way I do you, no way. Do I you. like to you think lie your teeth off. I like to that. think that John Lynch's wife was like, "Oh, this will be funny." And liked it, like something like that. Like I, I like know. to think somebody was messing with him. But I agree, you have to lie. So I, I think it was a lie. I like, obviously like, I don't, I agree. I don't think, I don't think he's dumb enough. Like if he's dumb enough to have actually liked that tweet, we should fire him as our general manager. And I, I think a lot of things about John Lynch, I do not think he's dumb. I think he seems like a good person. I think he seems like a smart guy. And that's the thing. I don't want to openly accuse him of lying either. Like, I think John Lynch seems like a good guy, but it's a little hard to believe. And so I think something else happened. I think it's all, I think it's all fun. Like, I don't think Jimmy and John Lynch are like mad at each other because of this. I hope. Yeah. I, I just think it's funny, but yeah, it's, it's just, I agree with you. Like lie, you have to lie. If that's true. If you did, even if you did yes. like it, you can't admit that. I I'm excited. I, I, I just, you made a comment about, I, I don't think John should be going anywhere. I don't think John Lynch or Kyle Shanahan should be going anywhere. Agreed. I'm actually, I know we made a comment a couple of weeks ago about talking about the off season. We don't need to yet. Let's finish the season. We'll get there. We're, we'll run out of things to talk about soon enough with the, how slow the NFL off season is. Um, but I am expectant and excited for what the Niners are going to do in the off season. And I think John and Kyle are going to go to work. Got a lot of things in place. They're not done yet. But yeah, speaking of not being done season. yet, I think it is. I don't, there's nothing that really makes me think so in terms of talk, but I certainly think that, you know, they're close and they're going to make some of those. They might seem like small moves to a lot of people, but yeah. I think that we'll be able to see and break down why some of their moves are going to matter big time. But yeah. Um, let's move ahead. Week 17 against the Houston Texans. I believe we're away for this game. No, we're home. Yeah. It's our last home game. Yeah, it's home. It's at Levi's. Last home game of the season at Levi's. The Texans, one of the worst teams in the NFL this whole season, but who did beat the San Diego Chargers today on Sunday. We cannot sleep on them whatsoever. No. We say this every week. You cannot sleep on any single NFL team, even if they're the worst. Even if they cannot win a game and Bill O'Brien was once their head coach. 
At the same time, though, the 49ers, the 49ers should roll. Rookie QB Davis Mills, the 49ers should be all over him. I absolutely like, yes, we should not take them for granted. They're a good team, but the chargers have been a weird team this season. They had a lot of guys out with COVID the 49ers, at least so far have had really, really good COVID luck. Hopefully that continues. We really have. Yeah. I don't know if COVID luck is a term, but we have, I don't even think we've had anyone miss a game this season. Kyle Shanahan really credited that to just, there's less cases in the Santa Clara area. So there's less of a chance for our guys to get exposed. Whatever's going on. I hope we can keep it up for a couple more weeks. And with that in mind, I, I do expect the 49ers to steamroll the Texans. I agree with you. We can't take them for granted, but we've steamrolled the Jaguars who contended with this team. And I just, I think the 40, I think this is a fluke. Um, this win against the Chargers. And I think it's a combination of the Chargers being the Chargers and the Texans just lucking into a good game. So I I don't want to write them off. Every NFL game matters, but the 49ers the Chargers need this were win. without key players. Yeah, the Chargers were without key players. The 49ers need this win. They know they need this win. And this team does have an identity and I expect them to come out fighting. And so I think this will be a fun game to watch. And I, I do expect the 49ers to come out of it with a W and one Pretty that should pretty much lock up their chances of that sixth seed in the NFC playoffs, depending on what happens with the Saints tomorrow, Monday night, and going into week 18. But yeah, so a, a yeah. win this weekend would be a win next weekend would be big, and I, I expect to get one. A win this week is 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 really needed. You know, we yeah. have the Rams in LA that you will be at in a yes, week. I will be there. Rams LA. Week 18. I think week I said 18. This week is week 18. 18. This next week is week 17, if I misspoke. Yep. Week 18, something new in the NFL, will be in L.A. As we said, Timmy will be there. And that is going to be – it's not – you know, it would have been so awesome if the Cardinals had started to lose games earlier and we won more. And this was going to be for the division. Um, but really, we could be – if we lose against the Texans and we lose against the Rams, we could be kicked out of playoffs. So we're really hoping that we really need to win this next Sunday against the Texans. So yeah. that will be in the playoffs, no matter how the Rams game goes, it might determine seeding, but either way we're in. But what I've, I've come to the conclusion, these are my last thoughts of the day. Our games are decided solely, really solely on Jimmy G's play and how big our defense shows up. Yeah. We have seen games, Debo's out, the run game or George Kittle or Ayuk step in. And we win. Doesn't matter, you know, next running back up, our scheme stays the same. Almost anytime someone steps in, it works. Kittle steps up, Ayuk steps up, we get it done. Um, our defense can make some big stops and big plays. But totally. what it really comes down to is can can Jimmy G look sharp enough? Sharp enough, and I said that word enough big time to put emphasis on can he just assess what I really mean deep within. Can he don't not throw any interceptions? Up? Not even any, but can he just screw up? Not bad enough to keep us out of the game. Yeah, just don't lose the game in the game. Yeah. Can he not lose the game and our defense keep us in the game? I, I agree with you the way I would summarize it. And I think this is essentially summarizing the same things, but I would say turnover battle. I would say if we win the turnover battle, we win the game. Yeah. And that, that means does Jimmy commit more turnovers that our defense gets? And that I think is probably what it is going to come down to for pretty much every NFL game. And so I think those kind of say the same thing. Like we need no big mistakes from Jimmy and some big plays from our defense and we can win. And I, I agree with you. And I want to say, this is not a shocking statement. If you're no. a, a new listener or a listener who's heard this and you're like, yeah, you guys have said this all the time. 
Yeah, we because it's get true. It. This is what our whole season has been, you guys. It's art because we know what we're talking art. about. I would love to listen to podcasts for other teams and hear how different their weekly podcasts are. But we're 49ers fans, everyone. Sometimes <sighs> it's hard to have something new to talk about. It's kind of just like if we play well, we can beat anyone. When we play badly, we tend to lose. That's kind of our analysis. The narrative, the narrative is, is almost identical week in, week out. Jimmy sucked. We lost. Defense couldn't keep us in it. Um, Jimmy looked sharp and was able to get the ball to the MVPs, Debo Samuel and George Kittle enough to where we were yeah. firing off. So, And we didn't talk about him a ton. I would watch our defense this next week. Granted, it's the Texans, but um, still an NFL team. But our defense, I think we haven't, you know, we spent a lot of this podcast kind of talking about how Jimmy is a big problem. Yeah, I think our defense, who should be incredible, our secondary obviously needs help. We've got some good guys there, some studs there. Some our safety play is, is usually pretty good. It's it's cornerback that we have a problem. Usually, D line is amazing, but even even you know Bosa not being as big of a force as we need, especially when he's against a rookie left tackle. Yeah, which is like playground for him, and when. Fred Warner disappears when we get our studs, our all pros, our all stars who just disappear for a game that is unacceptable. Um, and so I, yeah. I, I just feel like we didn't give the defense enough ridicule for what they kind of deserved coming off this last week. So maybe ne- next week, this coming week, they can change the narrative. Um, but again, I fully believe our games are decided on Jimmy G and the defense. And again, not a shocking yeah. statement, and that makes sense. Quarterback and defensive play, two of the biggest factors. But when Jimmy's throwing those picks, when he's not getting the ball to our studs so they can do the work essentially for him, and when our defense can't make stops when they need to on third downs or any down, we're, we're goners if none of that is going to happen. Yeah, I agree. And so that's that's what we need to look for going into the to the Texans game. And it's what we've said most most games, like you said, it's really just, can we play to our potential? I think, I think that kind of sums it up. So I'm excited to see the defense, especially see if we can step it up against a rookie quarterback and Davis mills against a pretty much non-existent running back room. I mean, this is just a team in year one, maybe even year zero of a rebuild. So the 49ers should be able to walk out with a win. Yeah. I would say year zero, the 49ers should be able to walk out with a win, but they did just beat a good LA chargers team. And so we'll, we'll see what happens, but Going to be a fun couple next few episodes of 49ers Unrestricted. We're either going to be very excited or very mad. So uh, you can't miss that. And yeah, have a great new year, everybody. Any parting thoughts, Daniel? Just as you were talking, I wanted to say, if we lose next week, I don't know if I can handle doing a podcast. I'm kidding. It might just be an episode of me being like, so Daniel's sad. And that's it. It'll be, I'll be furious, not sad. But as Timmy said, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's. Thankful for each and every one of you. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah. We really, really appreciate you. And we will see you yeah. talk to you next week. It's been a fun year on 49ers Unrestricted, and we're we're excited to keep it up. So stay safe out there, everybody. And go Niners. Yeah.